Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. Hello, listeners. I have some exciting news to share with you today. As you know, my signature course for interior designers has been a great success, empowering countless designers to enhance their skills and elevate their careers. Well, I have an amazing update to share with you. I am thrilled to announce that the signature course has undergone a complete transformation and has been rebranded as the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Don't worry, though. The core lessons that made the course so successful and transformative for designers remain intact. I've taken the valuable insights and experiences shared by our talented designers and enhanced them even further. But that's not all. I've also added some exciting new content to provide an even fuller understanding of running construction projects for your valued clients. The primary goal with this rebranding and expansion is to build confidence among interior designers like you. I understand that successfully managing construction projects is a crucial aspect to your work, and I want to equip you with the skills, knowledge, and strategies to excel in this area. With the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, you'll delve deeper into the intricacies of running construction projects, gain insight from a seasoned professional, and unlock strategies to navigate the challenges that may arise during the process. I'm so excited about this fresh chapter in the course, and I'm confident that the added content will empower you to provide an even more comprehensive and outstanding service to your clients. By becoming a master of construction management, you'll not only elevate your skills, but also enhance your professional reputation within the industry. So to show my gratitude for your unwavering support, I'm giving away a free membership to one lucky designer on the email list. 
If you're not on my email list yet, don't worry. You still have a chance to win this valuable gift. Simply head over to my website, devinyedesign.com, and sign up for the newsletter. By joining this vibrant community of amazing designers, you'll not only gain access to the valuable insights and industry updates, but also be automatically entered for a chance to win this exclusive giveaway. Imagine the possibilities that await as you dive into the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. You'll have the opportunity to enhance your construction management skills, learn from an experienced professional, and gain the confidence needed to excel in your projects. So whether you're a seasoned designer looking to expand your knowledge or an aspiring designer eager to gain a competitive edge, this free membership could be the key to unlocking your full potential. So what are you waiting for? Head over to devinyedesign.com and sign up for my newsletter today to secure your chance at winning this valuable gift. Today's episode is a treat where you can listen to the conversation I had with my friend, Catherine Morano. Catherine and I first met when she joined my online digital course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. And once we got to know each other, we realized we were both seasoned designers who love to run construction projects for our clients. Now, Catherine has over 20 years of experience, but started her career as an event planner, creating experiences and spaces the likes of Planet Hollywood. But when she worked for an interior designer, her life was changed forever. She worked full-time at a design firm during the day while continuing her education for interior design at night. And in 2003, she founded her own firm, Catherine Morano Interiors. These experiences and her education, along with international travel and studies abroad, have helped her to understand different client perspectives and developed her creative eye for design. And over the years, Catherine has developed a specialty niche in kitchens and baths and offering a bespoke private label cabinet line that she created. It's a really exciting time to hear the designers in our course share how their expertise is coming through in so many different ways. Today's conversation is no exception. You will hear us talk about how her career evolved, how she started with private labeling, a cabinet line, and so much more. I'm excited for you to learn through our conversation today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today, like I just mentioned, I have a special guest, my friend, Catherine Morano. Please welcome her. Catherine, thank you for coming on the show. We'd love to hear more about your special niche inside our industry. Thank you, Renee, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love what you're doing for the industry. And I'm hoping that after this, others can find courage to continue to go out there and build their business how it best fits. Absolutely. And that, Catherine and I, for those just listening um, today, Catherine and I have had a lot of similarities to our businesses as far as different paths we've tried and taken and course corrected or just evolved into. But Catherine is unique, and I want her to talk more about the fact that she has um, really created a niche inside this niche of renovation management inside our industry 
that I personally don't take on, but I'm fascinated by those who do. So Catherine, can you give us a little background? Tell us, you know, where this all came from, how you got into the business, all those good things. Of course. Well, first of all, I just want to give a little personalization. So outside of, of course, running an interior design business, which is one of many hats that I wear, as as many of us do, I am a proud mom of three busy boys, two fluffy dogs, a Pomeranian named Teddy, who we often call Mr. Butters because we couldn't even figure out if we wanted to give him Teddy, we call him Teddy Butters. And I also have a sassy Aussie doodle and her name's Scout. And I have 12 designer chickens. And I'm a wife to my amazing supportive husband, Dave, who without... I would not be able to do everything that I do in my business and bring joy to as many clients and their families as I do through my design business. So I have been doing design for just about 20 years now. I currently run a full service interior design studio, and I specialize in renovation management, custom cabinetry, and luxury interiors. And we take all sorts of scaling of large to small projects. And um, we do traditional, transitional, modern. And we really like to approach spaces with a fresh perspective that uniquely reflects our client's personality. So one of the things that I really take a lot of pride in over all these years of developing is our process. And our clients love our process. We not only come from a design perspective, but we really dive deep into considering how our clients live. And we come in with that fresh and professional eye to create their dreams. And that's where Catherine and I really do sync in how we approach each project. I mean, you know, we're not naive to think that people can't do design work on their own. But when they come to a professional like Catherine or myself or any of you listening, they're coming for that extra level, special, custom to them design process. And so, you know, while it can be intimidating because no two jobs are alike, because no two clients are alike, it also is sort of thrilling to be able to kind of dig under the surface and really find out what it is that that makes them tick and what it is that we as designers can provide for them to support that. And so Catherine and I really do align in that respect. And, and I think our clients, I know our clients come to us for that. And, and that is what we ultimately provide for them. Yes. I mean, I really take a lot of pride. And, you know, you have the designer that you always see, oh, well, that's their work. And, you know, for me, I actually am the complete opposite. I love diversity. And I think that's what partly drives the energy and excitement for every client because, you know, we are not Amazon, you know, we we order everything custom bespoke for our client. Everything is completely customized. And you know, it's not a furniture store where you walk in and just order that. To me, that is just what it is. And I feel like, it, you know, with looks that are repeated and certain styles over and over, it really lacks the 
personality of the client and bringing in their interests and their story into the design. And I always tell my clients, you know, trends are are great and fun. And if, you know, you have the money and you want to do trend and you're ready to change this in, you know, five years, great. I love trends. Let's do it. You know, I mean, it's great. But that's not what I typically guide them to. I We are more about creating, you know, more timeless spaces where they can you know, lean modern or lean traditional or have ability to be on trend, but also timeless. And if five to 10 years, a client wants to switch it up, you know, they feel like they could do a facelift in a less expensive way as well. And I just want for client spaces, for them to be able to grow with those spaces as well, as they continue to as identify themselves and, you know, evolve, you know, many times you go into people's homes and, you know, they're like, Oh, I don't want you to see, you know, I don't want you to see this. This isn't me. And I said, I get, no, I, that's, what's great as I can see beyond this. I understand exactly what you're saying because, you know, maybe this is the old you you know, maybe 10 years ago, and this is what the new you wants. I think we all evolve and change and that's exciting. And that's why interiors to me is such a reflection of the client. We want it to be something they can show off and be proud of. And that's why we're there. That's why they've called. Of course, not to mention all the other wonderful things the interior designer can do for a client, taking a lot of the stress and overwhelm out of the process, but having that expert eye and helping them save money because God knows they've spent a ton of it before they've called you. They've made millions of mistakes and they've already spent enough. They should have hired someone in the first place. Whereas, you know, once we're done, they just feel like, oh, priceless, you know, can sit here and be proud of this. And I agree with Catherine wholeheartedly. And and it made me think of a story early in my career. I was single. I was living in a hundred plus year old townhouse in the city. And I was going on a job interview. It was a modern open floor plan built in the eighties. I'm sure you can all picture it with these weird angles and two story foyers and all of this, that, and the other. And the woman was, she was lovely. She had young kids, nothing outside of what I could do. And she said, well, I'd like to see your home. And I said, well, that's, no one's ever asked me that. I said, okay, why would you like to see my home? And she's like, well, I'd like to see, you know, what your style is. And fast forward, I didn't have her come see my home because it had no relevance uh, to anything that she was describing she wanted. And I lost the job. And and while on the one hand, I certainly didn't miss the job, but she couldn't see what she needed. And why would a young mother with or a mother of young children want to mirror a single woman in her late 20s home? I mean, our lives couldn't have been more different at that time. And I certainly wouldn't invite someone to my home now because this is my taste. It reflects me. And so, again, I push on and challenge designers to really think, you know, I'll tell clients, I'll say, you know, at the end of the day, I don't I don't live here. I'm not moving in. You don't want the house to reflect me. 
because I that means the same thing, right? Then I haven't done my job, right? If that home for a client reflects me, then I've taken the easy way out. I mean that with love, but yeah. but that is the easy way out. And so there are lots of projects I frankly don't photograph all of my projects because that was so specific to a client that I don't typically work for. So there's really, frankly, no point in showcasing that work. Did the client love it? Hands down. Absolutely. Signed off. Wants more help. But every project really is unique to the client at that time. And I've had the luxury because I've been in this town where I work for so long. I've worked with clients for 15, 20 years. And to Catherine's point, we've gone back in and done refreshes because their lives have changed. One in particular, we just finished, they're now empty nesters. Their kids are in college. And it wasn't just let's change the kid's room into a study. It was more, I don't need all of this. It's just my husband and me. And what we really did was kind of cozy everything up a bit. They didn't need all this extra, you know, huge sectional sofa. She wanted two sofas and, you know, things like that. And it made sense. It wasn't that she didn't like everything anymore. It was it no longer served a need for her. And I think that's an important lesson to also share with your clients, right? It's it's all of this constant educating, which, yes, it can get tiring, but it's an important component to why you're there. You're bringing that knowledge, that historical knowledge of our industry and how people live. And that's how they also that's how also designers deliver the value that our clients are seeking. But yeah, that, that makes us unique in in the industry. And I do think that our clientele, they see that and they pick up on that right away. Many of the clients that I have had for over 15 years, they come back. I've done their mom's place. I've done their lake homes. I've done their sister's place. I mean, it becomes a family affair and they trust me and they know me and they know that what I did at mom's isn't going to be done at your place. And what I did at your sister's isn't going to be done here. And the lake house needs a different vibe and feel than, you know, the other place. And that's one of the things that I know sets me apart. I have very good instincts and I feel into what people are trying to express. And if they don't know what they want and where they're going to go, I'm able to get that information and create their dream and their space from our process. And clients love our process. Uh, We take our clients through a visual journey of how their spaces will transform into a reality. And we focus on designing functional, timeless spaces, and for many times, very busy people, so they can focus on the things they love, while our team focuses on the things we love, which is exceptional service and excellent design. We create spaces with a plan and a process, like I said, very visual with 3D visuals. Each stage, our client knows exactly where this design is heading. So by the time we get to the end, with ease and confidence, they can make a decision because they're not sitting there going, oh, I hope I'm going to like this. You know, I hope I'm going to, you know, and that helps 
us as designers because I can eliminate or make tweaks along the way that can be avoidable at the end. And I'll tell you, this comes from experience. Well, and um, I was just thinking, I didn't that. start here, everyone, my lovely friends of designers out there. I feel you if you are new and you're starting, you're still trying to figure all this out. This has been a long journey. It's been a blessing. Um, it's been a wonderful journey. And I've loved doing it, but always evolving. And you learn along the way on how to avoid some of these very big financial and time suckers as you really hone in on your process. And to Catherine's point, I think even in the early years, designers focus more on the project and the stuff as opposed to the process. So for for new designers, I think the process is probably more beneficial for the designer, even more than the client, because if a client understands where they're going, there's less fear that they won't like it in the end, right? And normally designers are in a fairly constant state of low-level panic that, oh my God, oh my God, what if they don't love this? Do I have to eat this? What do I do with the sofa if it doesn't work and they don't like, right? We've all been there and we've all eaten things that are not edible, (laughs) right? (laughs) And the other thing I learned really early on that I think any designer of any number of years of experience can use is I found when I would ask clients, tell me what you like, tell me you know, what, what your dreams are, they get so hung up in such a lofty question that they get stumped, right? And you try to tease it out of them. Well, do you like blue? Do you like yeah. green? Do you like, you know, sectional sofas? You can get there, but it's a very long, windy road and you don't often get the real answer you're looking for. I now have switched it and I ask them, what do you not like? Yeah. And it's immediate. It is so funny to watch people turn around and be like, oh, I hate plaids, Renee. Oh, I'm glad you asked. I hate plaids. That would probably never have come up in a discovery meeting had I not brought up the word plaid, right? Or I hate bathtubs or I hate, I have one client. She's like, I want a, a single lever faucet, period. And I'm like, oh. Okay. I mean, just like a visceral reaction to it. So it can build your knowledge if you start with what do you not like? Because that automatically takes those things off the table. And then you think to yourself, okay, if they don't like plaids, do they like stripes? So now you're going to ask about stripes, right? And it sort of builds that confidence, not only for the client that you know what you're doing, but for the designer to know that you know what you're doing. But with Catherine's point is this does take experience. And the only way to get experience is to continue getting jobs. And full disclosure, Catherine and I actually did not know each other, I don't know, six months ago. Uh, Catherine joined my course, Renovation Management for Interior Designers, because she wanted more support with this renovation piece of her project. And it was not until we got on a call and got to know each other that we realized how many parallels there are in our careers, but also how many things that Catherine's doing that I'm not doing. And and I find exciting and thrilling and, and really 
dynamic about all the, the designers that I've spoken to lately. Catherine and I were talking about it briefly before we started recording and how the designers are kind of figuring it out on their own. And one of the reasons that Catherine is here and one of the reasons I do this podcast is so that other people can hear about what others are doing and possibly implement it into their own business, not only renovation management, which of course I'm beating a dead horse to, to say that everybody, every designer should be implementing this service into their firm, like Catherine is doing. But you, this is kind of a the safe space to share whatever you know we're doing in our own businesses and not feel that cringe factor of, of uh, your competitors hearing it, right? Or implementing it and then stealing projects. Catherine and I talked about the fact that really there is no true competition, but there is perceived competition. And and so, Catherine, will you talk about this this niche you've created and and why you joined the course if you have twenty years experience and sort of what it did what it did for you? And of course, talk about this really. I've I've teased it too many times. Talk about this really cool cabinet niche that that you've incorporated into into your client work. Thank you. Yes, first of all, I want to say that, you know, I admire what you do and find that, you know, you admire some of the things I do and I admire what you do and what you're doing for the design community, I think is so important. And the only girl on the job title is brilliant. That's what drew me to the podcast because I'm the only girl on the job for almost 20 years and felt that. It can um, be lonely. Because it's lonely. And yeah. I have built my business, you know, with lots of support throughout the, the years through great people that I've come in contact with. Uh, I don't think you could ever say you completely did it alone, but I've been alone and it's just been me. And that's a lonely place to be. But that's what I needed was that support. So why did I join the course? Um, I joined the course because about a year before I joined the course, I had introduced a private cabinet label line and it had really taken off. And I wanted to create more processes in the renovation side of my business. I wanted to up-level my renovation management skills. I felt that because I had launched my private cabinet, custom cabinet label, it had rapidly pushed me into more of these renovation management roles. I have organically been doing renovation for, you know, 20 years, but had not put myself in a place where I was saying that's what I did. It was just what I did. <laughs> so it would happen all the time. And so I had a lot of experience designing kitchens and bathrooms. And I really, really loved that space. And that when COVID hit, I found that I loved nothing more but being behind a desk on CAD designing those spaces and designing cabinetry. 
And that's why I further pursued or more aggressively pursued having a private label. Now, of course, for years, I've worked with local suppliers and they were very supportive and I enjoyed those relationships. If anything, it was great to be able to, you know, have chats with other designers, you know, um, but they were primarily, you know, kitchen, uh, cabinet, bath, kitchen designers, and they were not doing all the things that I was doing. So I would go to them and I would do all, I mean, they didn't have to basically do anything, but just draft up my vision and the client's vision that I had gathered all that information. And then they would draft it up and, you know, we'd tweak it and I'd say, okay, here's where everything's going to be. And I would still, I would do all the presenting and selling. And then the ordering, I would collect the deposit and go over to the supplier and give them the deposit. And uh, the supplier would figure out how to get it installed. And that was, it was over. And what I found was after COVID and really getting more versed in the designing side of CAD, of, of the cabinets and doing it myself, is that one of the pieces that I didn't like is I had no control after I handed off the information. I had no control over the the end product, the quality of the product. Of course, I always felt like, you know, depending on the budget, I was picking the best quality for the money with the guidance, of course, of the cabinet distributor. And, you know, sometimes the quality of the installations aren't where we want them to be or things didn't go as smoothly. And now I'm the one that recommended this and I'm in the role of my hands are tied and I have let go of everything after the order had been placed because I had no control. And that's what, quite frankly a, a pretty common problem. And and I'm finding a common thread for those of us in the design field that are doing renovation management is we are, I say this with love, uh, a little controlling. And that actually is very beneficial on a project. But I'm like Catherine, well, somewhat like Catherine, I do not like drawing on CAD anymore. But I have done the same thing. You do, you hand off your drawings and you sort of hope after doing some, you know, obviously some homework and you've, you've established. Oh, well, you've teamed yourself up with the best, of course, and, and and you have all faith in them. And you know, and we know as interior designers that things go wrong. I mean, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. That's okay. My whole thing was I wanted not only control of the process of introducing this to my client, I wanted control over the quality all the way through to the installation. It's and amazing. That's what I have. And it is a dream. The other thing is that the the cabinetry that we provide, you know, we're very boutique. And so we only offer our product and our designs to our clients. It is exclusive. It is completely custom. Uh, they are furniture grade, Dutch made cabinets, which means that we have full customizability, that this is installed into your home with no fillers, 
and all sanded and just, you know, created and made with love. We're not only making it, we're installing it. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about that? Who is doing your installation? So my carpenters who are making the cabinetry are installing the cabinetry. I mean, it's just a dream. We cut everything on site. So anything against the wall or, I mean, it's like, it's all, you know, if the wall's not even, or, you know, if it, you know, has a little something, we don't have to use a piece there typically because we will modify it before we install it. If it's not level or flush or, you know. So Catherine um, is saying that they'll make the the body of the cabinet with a little extra, what we call scribe area. So that right, if something's yes. out of plumb or if it's a stone wall, they're not creating a strip after the fact, which creates a seam, which creates a gap if you paint it and it you know, pops over time. And so you really truly are making it for that exact space as it's being installed, which is amazing. And having the people who make it install it is brilliant. And and there are, I mean, just for people listening, I, I work with custom cabinet makers who don't do their installations. They just, you know, that's not something they want to do. But if they do, they know how it's constructed. So they know what they can and can't do to customize it on the site if there's a whoops or something changed at the last minute. Uh, yeah. That's brilliant, and, Catherine. And that's unique to us. And it's amazing. I can't, not very many people can can do what we do for our clients. And, you know, recently we were on an installation and it was a huge renovation. I had done the biggest customized table that I've ever done. It was 160 inches long. The kitchen was custom. Everything was custom. It was just stunning. Client of mine that's been a client of mine for over 15 years. And, you know, we had an area that our husband thought they wanted to do a TV. And, you know, it was kind of like, do we do doors or not doors? And, you know, just trying to make it customized to their needs. And it was wonderful because we ended up going ahead and doing doors because, you know, they decided maybe we won't do the TV. And then customizing the interior for a specialty storage for her with, you know, all the bells and whistles inside that, we were able to create that for her, add that as an add-on because she realized as the kitchen was there during this process, you know, these things could use a home and it's right above the oven. And, you know, why don't we make it this way? So we were able to perfect that for her. And same thing with, you know, the bells and whistles on anything with the pullouts and you know, the plate racks, uh, whatever is needed, we can tweak and make adjustments. And it doesn't take six months to a year to get it again. Or, you know, with the ordering, many of the parts typically would need to be ordered, modified, modifications would, uh, well, would be very difficult on a cabinet that's been shipped. It would push it back so many months. Yeah. And a modification on an ice maker they decided they wanted to do in the basement. And so they went, we then uh, were able to make it into a bank of drawers. Right. And these were That's just incredible. last minute decisions. And, you know, it just really set us apart with the service, 
and the quality that we could bring to really make them happy. Can you talk about then you you don't have I know you do not have a showroom with this, you know, cabinet line, you know, for someone to pull open a drawer and see, a, you know, kick the tire so to speak. So how do you best market this cabinet line of yours? And then additionally, just as price point, I mean, do you find yourself you are have you elevated your clients to a certain to a much higher price point, or are you able to match sort of that high end price point of cabinetry that they may find, say, in a kitchen and bath design center? And then what do you do about finishes? Because again, my cabinet maker, who I love endlessly, he doesn't finish his cabinet work. So I always have to factor that in. Okay. So what has been a wonderful blessing is that, you know, I'm old school being in the business for over 20 years and wasn't always comfortable with social media. And luckily, really have not depended on social media or any paid marketing. My business is built on referrals and I have done so many kitchens for clients over the years and baths. And, you know, people hear about it or they know about it or I meet people and a client sends someone my way. And so from a marketing standpoint, not until recently, you know, in the last, uh, well, probably four years, you know, I've done a little bit of social marketing just by putting myself out there. And I'd like to do more of that. It's hard to find the time when you're moving from job to job. So I not the best at it. But most recently, designers suffer by that. I suffer course. for that, <laughs> I will say. And luckily, you know, I hadn't needed it, but I still think it is an important piece to consider for all designers. I don't do enough of, and I won't be the model designer to be looking for after that. But one of the things I recently did is. I did put myself out there. I got a sign and, you know, I didn't do it for, I did it more for like identification, you know, whereas of course it's a form of marketing. Wait, and so Catherine, is this like a sign you put in front of your client's homes? Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I know other designers have done it and I've seen it in other towns. Designers over the years have done it here locally and I've been in this neighborhood doing design for way longer than they have. And I've never done it. And I felt like it was time. And that was really fun because I will say it was like, wow, I'm putting myself out there. I've got a sign. So that is one way for people to know about me. I'm not always the best promoter. Uh, I don't like to talk about myself. I was brought up by a Southern mom in the South. And, you know, we cross our legs and we don't brag and we don't talk about ourselves. And so that has never come easy to me. And so a sign is sort of a way to maybe do it without having to speak. And so that has worked and it's been exciting for me too, just to be, I've had people that I've known for years to be like, I didn't even know you did this, you know, so because I, I would hide when I had the little kids, I was scared people would want to hire me because I was so busy raising a family and no one really knew 
you know, my past and I proud of it, but that was like an old identity. And I was a mom now and I wanted people to only see me as that. And so interesting because I uh, completely agree with you. And I think most people listening and most designers I know feel the exact same way. But I find it fascinating that designers either don't have signage. I don't have a sign. I have thought about it. I've seen them. But you know what? Every architect does. Every contractor does. They put them out there for years. I mean, I've had clients who are like, when the hell is the contractor going to take his sign down? I'm like, it's on your legal property. Take it down yourself. And they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I got to have them. I mean, it is everywhere. There are little mini billboards. Like you're driving through a really nice neighborhood and you see builder signs. It lends credibility. Whether it should or not is another topic. But designers aren't doing it. And and me, I'm guilty of it. And some of that is, I think, like you said, Catherine, like I have a lot of different identities. I wear a lot of different hats in my community. And there are times where I just want to be a mom. I want to be a mom at the lacrosse field watching my daughter play. And I don't want to be marketing myself. But other industries, particularly male-dominated industries, they are constantly marketing themselves and it works. And so I think hopefully those listening will listen to me and Catherine. We have had decades of this of this industry of experience and we are suffering from it and, and we are coming out of that. And I'm hoping that maybe the learning curve is shorter for those of you listening with, with less experience, knowing that, that it's okay to put yourself out there. I guess I would identify with after 20 years... <laughs> of this journey, I am a caterpillar becoming a butterfly and really just putting myself out there and letting people know I'm here. I've been here. This is my time and I'm ready. I'm an expert. I am not new to this. (laughs) And that when I decided to specialize in custom cabinetry and renovation management, that's when I decided that it was time. Well, and it sets you apart from from everybody else in your in your area in, that are just solely uh, focusing on decorating. And yeah. so clients who are looking for that next level service, of course, we'll automatically think of you. And then those who are doing kitchens and baths, that's a whole nother specialty niche. And if you are putting yourself out there with a custom cabinet line that is private labeled to you, which is super badass, by the way, that Thank you know you. they're they're only gonna say, I need to talk to Catherine. She's the one. But so so how can you speak briefly to you know how if if you are marketing yourself now with a sign, that means you hopefully will go beyond that one degree of uh, recommendation. And how are you finding the the sales technique or have you pivoted in your sales technique on this cabinet line to basically you know win over or or you know, maybe it is win over a client in this is the cabinet line you want to go with. Now, obviously, if they hire you, it's the only cabinet line they can go with. And then how do you describe the the price point 
as far as maybe something they have a comparison to and or, or maybe to the point where they probably don't have a comparison, right? Most people yeah. don't have, most homeowners don't have a, a firm understanding of what, quote, cabinet lines and good, better, best are. And then also at the tail end, how do you finish them? Well, and you just covered everything, by the way, because you you asked about finish and then the other was price, you know, luxury. Where are you with that? So I think we're covering all of those three points you wanted earlier. First of all, I want to say that clients still come to me. I am the product for my service and my expertise. So I do think that trumps any other value signature product that I offer. Okay. I'm going to jump in real fast because I want everybody to hit rewind and hear Catherine say that again. Because that's what I want all the designers to get to. You are not selling a sofa line. You are not selling a cabinet line. You are not selling a faucet line. You are selling yourself. And they need to believe that the designer that they are hiring has the level of quality that they are looking for. I I think that's brilliant, Catherine. I mean, that really is the total sum of it. And quote, and maybe I shouldn't have said win over because you really shouldn't be in a position to win anyone over. It needs to be a full and confident decision on the client's part because they've done their homework and research on you. So sorry, I just, I'm serious, guys. Listen to that again. I think that was very, very powerful. And I understand for some of the new designers, that's a big hurdle mentally and emotionally, but it's definitely one that can be taken on. Thank you. Yes, I I do feel that when you are going into a relationship with a client, they need to have full trust in you, but you need to have full trust in them that they have full trust in you and they're invested in you and they understand that this is a team effort. You are not the enemy and uh, you are the savior. You're you're the person that's going to give them the lifestyle that they've always, and the interior that they've always dreamt of and that they can show to their friends and family and be proud of. And not only that, they've worked hard for this. And so they should not be afraid to talk to you about how much they would like to spend or how much they have. And that's a qualifying moment as well. So that puts us into, you know, do we hit all markets? I would definitely say that I'm able to offer a luxury cabinet for affordable pricing. But, and I say but because that isn't still for everyone because it comes with a service and the full package. So that's one of the other things that sets the part is clients that want a kitchen and just wants to walk into Lowe's, that's not going to fit our ideal client. And ideally, it well, ultimately, it wouldn't be the right budget either. Now, can we offer affordable, luxury, high-end cabinetry and compete with Lowe's? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can 
feel that, you know, the client can always know that they're going to get the best product for the price. And depending on, you know, how large their kitchen is, and there's so many factors and budget and, and right. what materials that are used, and there's a way to manipulate a budget. But cabinets are going to be what cabinets are. And I will assure them too, even if it were the same price, they're not going to get the same service or quality from beginning to end. So, you know, we're not the designer, we're not the cabinet for everyone. We do specialize in the luxury market. Typically, people that need designers are in more of a high-end market, right? It is a luxury Absolutely. to have an interior designer. And sometimes that can be a hard conversation that you may have to have with someone that really is, their budget isn't there for you. And, you know, it's a luxury to to have this wonderful service and, and cabinetry, but it's just a great service and another level that we can provide for a client coming in, uh, whether they're come doing us immediately for a remodel or a renovation, or it's something that they've come to us for luxury interiors, you know, and then they know they want to do something else in a, down the road, that we're the one-stop shop. We are full service. And those are the types of jobs that we do. We don't do designs for cabinets for our clients and have them go and purchase it somewhere else. We are a one-stop shop. Yeah. And that is something that I'm always pushing designers to feel more comfortable about and why Catherine and I have clients for 15, 20 years. We're not always just refreshing a living room. We're moving on to the kitchen or we're finally putting on that addition or oh, now we are going to refresh the living room. They do not have to call anyone else to get the next project on their list done, whether it's year one, year four, year 10, year 20. And as their lives evolve and change, they can call us and we can reevaluate how to reuse existing spaces that we I've demoed out projects that I put in. And it was maybe a little tear in my eye thinking how much work went into that, but it no longer served the purpose that the clients needed. And we put in something new and fresh and they loved it even more. So I applaud Catherine for taking it to this next level of kitchen cabinetry because it isn't something that I do enough to investigate further. But I also know, and, and you know, we can just touch on this briefly without getting into nuts and bolts, it's got to be a very lucrative item in your business model. It is a big piece now of what we do. So, you know, not only do we specialize in affordable luxury cabinets, built-ins, you know, but our design process covers everything for the home, what the home will need to make that dream a reality. It's not just the cabinet. We're not just the cabinet people. And we're, you know, whereas they're not necessarily worried about all the other stylistic pieces. We do the full package. You asked about finishing and how we show the product. So we do finish, do all of our finishes completely custom in-house. And um, that allows us, it's limitless of what we can do. Which is um, amazing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it is really a designer's dream. Dream come true. And a client's dream. 
because I don't ever have to go in saying, well, you know, we only have these whites or we only have these stains and we only have these particular colors because these colors are on trend right now because that's what cabinet companies do. No, we pick those finishes based on your personality, your lifestyle, and the type of atmosphere that you want to create. And I know a few designers' heads just blew up. Like, that's so amazing. It is. And then we, in regards to showing the client the product, they've already come, you know, in with a lot of trust, knowing that this is a premium product that you can get nowhere else. And the fact that my designs can now have my name on it is the ultimate dream to be able to have for for myself and to be able to show for my clients. So Catherine, yeah, how so- would you how would you suggest if there are designers listening who have, you know, year, enough experience in kitchens and baths to know that that's sort of the niche they want to focus on for the coming years? And have familiarity with multiple cabinet lines. They use good, better, best, or whatever. They've got their people, right? Like you said, we had our people. And, but they're thinking, well, maybe this is, you know, something that I, I love what Catherine's doing. I think it's exciting. I think my clients would really like that. And, you know, how does one even start? I mean, how, you know, where did you, did you Google, you know, how to do it, your own custom cabin line? I, I really don't think it was that, but how does one start in on that process? Of course I did not Google. Um, <laughs> and like many things that I do in my life, I'm self-taught in the way that I approached it. I didn't know anyone that was, you know, necessarily out there. No other designers were talking about this. I went out as (laughs) self-promoter and you really just have to put yourself out there when you're on other jobs, when you're out exploring with other jobs or whatever, whatever you're doing, always talking to the other subs and GCs and gathering information, getting contact information. I was lucky enough and I feel like it was just the right time, you know, and place to meet this particular carpenter on another job. And I started asking the questions. And that's what I recommend to all of you out there is to just, if you want something, you have to go for it. And so as I did over years and years is ask questions. And that's how I ended up in the position that I have or am in with my private cabinet label. And, you know, I find, and, and Catherine is a hundred percent right. And, and there are times I just strike conversations because I got, I got to kill time, right? I'm waiting for the plumber and he's 20 minutes late. I'm still on the job site and I'll just strike up a conversation with whomever is on the site. And I find more often than not, they all have either a side hustle or a side hobby or, and you know, I may not be able to use that information for anything other than the conversation I'm in, but you just never know where it's going to lead. And I I think that's amazing that you found, because 
I actually am getting metal plans created to to a very strange size for under a washer and dryer because I mentioned on a site, a different site, that I was had this conundrum of we sort of designed ourselves into a corner with standard, you know, standard pans for under these units. And this guy's like, you know what? A friend of mine just retired and he's a metal worker. I could ask him. And it was literally that calm and sort of off the cuff. And I thought, I'll never hear back from this guy. The next day, hey, Renee, I have a solution for you. So I am getting a custom stainless steel pan with a one inch lip that's rounded on the edges, welded in the corners, and it is being made to an eighth of an inch of what I need simply because I chatted up a fellow tradesman on a project, on another project. And now guess what? I now have a metal worker that I can now lean on if that's something I need down the road. I I think that's amazing, Catherine. Yes. And I have discovered that's how I've, I've grown my business as well over all of these years is just putting yourself out there, asking the questions, talking to people. Don't be afraid. You're good enough. You're yeah. good enough and you deserve to be there. And if you talk to these subs and the different, whoever it is, wherever you are, and gather information, they will see that confidence. And they, many of them, they may not respect you, but others may and also be intrigued by what you do and find you to be an asset as well to them. With this particular cabinet maker, you know, I, I saw the product and I fell in love and I had to have it. And yeah. it was something I knew would be a wonderful product for my clients that I wanted them to have. And we're proud to be able to offer it. I think that is amazing. And and I think even if it's not cabinets, like I said, I've now got a metal worker who can make these metal pans that I need on random projects. And I'm already in my head thinking of making one for a plant stand I have because it's a very funny size and shape, right? So you never know. And, and I think we're all drawn to this business for our creative abilities, but you need to then incorporate that confidence and the business sense of you may not need this now, but you may need this in six months or six years. And whether that trade is still doing it in six years, I've run into that issue. You then have the confidence. I found them once. I can find them again. And this is how I did it. I'm just going to repeat my rinse and repeat, right? Just start talking it up. And to Catherine's point, I do find that more often than not, the trades want to help you because someone helped them right? We all we were not born experts. We all had a first day. We all had a resource we couldn't find. And by, like Catherine said, they often need us. And by offering my resources to my trades has always opened doors up. And they've been, frankly, I don't want to say a little surprised because that shows me that they've had bad experiences with designers in the past. But for me, it's one trade at a time, one project at a time, one contractor at a time, one architect at a time, winning them over as to why an interior designer can bring an insane amount of value to a renovation project. And honestly, that's why the course was born, because there isn't enough talk about this niche 
And like Catherine said in the beginning, she was getting her projects organically. Okay, organic ebbs and flows. We want to give people the confidence, the knowledge, and the skills so that they can market and control, frankly, the flow of their projects and not just sit and wait for the next one to show up on their doorstep. And and that really is is something that has become so important to me and, and a goal of mine because I know it's possible. Like Catherine and I have been talking about, it is entirely possible to strike out in an area that is different from your competitors. And, and it may not be cabinets for those of you listening, but maybe that inspires you to think, you know what, I'm really becoming an expert in fill in the blank. And that's something you're going to pursue and then get that yard sign and put it out there and start talking about it. You can't keep your expertise to yourself. I think you've made a really good point. And I just want to follow up on what you're saying is, I think what you need to do is what I did is find out what you love about this business and then make that your niche if you want to niche. So COVID, we all discovered so many things about ourselves, you know, stuck behind a computer and home all alone. And I was lucky enough to find that out about myself. And that has led me to this point. And I think the other thing that you mentioned in that conversation was you know, the respect from the different tradespeople, the architects, the builders, whoever they may be. I know many designers get into this business because we love beautiful things. I love beautiful things and I love quality. And I know when I see it, I love to make people happy. And that's my service. I know that I want my client in the end to be happy, but doing what I love makes me happy. Right. And the very first designer, Elsie Dewa, mm-hmm. she was considered the first interior designer, said, I'm going to make everything around me beautiful. That will be my life. That resonates with me. I'm a businesswoman. I'm an expert, but at my core, I love her quote. A client actually sent it to me years ago. And she goes, this reminds me of you. Aww. And it just was like, wow, she That's knows a great me. Compliment. <laughs> and it, it was a compliment, but I had never thought about that about myself. And I think many of us, you know, get into what we do for different reasons, and then it evolves. And what you're doing is up-leveling interior designers to be their best self. You know, if you want to stay small, I've been there. (laughs) You know, do it, stay small. But you want to be big, be big. Find what works for you. And do it. Don't be afraid to go after it. I also wanted to mention how the course really helped me. I think I already mentioned why I seeked you out. But I feel that it 
has given me the self-worth and confidence that I was seeking in the renovation management role that I already had. I'd been doing for 15 years plus and was doing all of it. Never really knew that it was a thing. And I needed that support. I feel more organized as well. I was looking for processes. You know, even if I maybe knew what those were, is just putting those in order. And your mentorship, you know, has given me a voice to help to know that I deserve to be on that work site and that I'm not defined by the stereotypes or preconception of others. No, you're not. And Catherine and I were also talking before we started on this, is that she works alone. I work alone. I have virtual assistants, but I day in and day out work physically alone. And it's not only chaotic, like, you know, Catherine and I are both joking about how we're not on social media as much as we need to be because we're working or we're in our second job as a mom or God forbid, I don't know, relaxing. But the reality is we don't have that team support to say, you go, girl, or you got this, frankly, or let me help you problem solve. And so I, I find that the designers that I've, I've talked to have some confidence, but not total confidence in basically claiming themselves to be an expert. Oh, Renee, I, I, things I've heard are, oh, I haven't been doing it long enough. Well, who's defining long enough? At what magic moment are you an expert? Uh, is it five years? Is it five months? Is it 17 projects? You know, there is no, as far as I've never seen in any industry magazine or any conversations that, well, you must work for 10 years and then you're an expert. I mean, expert is something that you feel inside. And so if I can help people feel more confident in their skills, whether they've been doing it already, which frankly, most designers are, but they're stumbling into it. I love those comments. They'll say, oh, my client dragged me into a project. Okay. Well, your client then saw something in you that you're not seeing in yourself, right? Because no person is going to pay someone to do something they don't think will do well, right? So and they're going, oh yeah, that's a good point, Renee, but they're not seeing that for themselves. So a lot of this is is confidence building. And and of course, you're going to learn processes and skills and tricks and, you know, steps that that actually will improve that confidence. But like Catherine said, a lot of it is is just wanting to do it and and then doing it enough where you go, yeah, I got this or I've seen this before or that thing you haven't seen before, but you've seen the other 90% before. Okay, and then that's a teachable moment and a learning lesson. And frankly, I look forward to those because I'm going to apply that knowledge to the next 10 projects or more. So I, I appreciate that, Catherine, because when I, this of course was born in COVID. It's amazing how many COVID babies there are in, in business. <laughs> and the podcast started and I, you know, when you record alone and you put it out there, you think, is anybody listening? And the designers were like, oh my gosh, tell me more. And I thought, well, surely there's other people talking about this. And and don't get me wrong. I know that there are, but they usually incorporate it into decoration as well. And I have 
made the conscious decision and actually I've had to remind people that I do decorate. I just don't talk about it. I think there's just plenty of information, wealth of knowledge, so many incredible, mostly women out there talking about it, but there's just this echo chamber about renovation, construction management. And, and that to me is not only something I want to change, but a huge disservice to the designers who are the only girls on those job sites that were boys that are looking for help. And that help can come in the form of conversation, listening to the one we're having now. It can come in the form of the course. It can come in the form of just listening to podcasts over and over and hearing the different topics. But I love what this is building and it's building a community of designers who are like-minded and want to know and excel at renovation management. And like Catherine said, she didn't know it was a niche. And, and that was how I started in my career. I thought this was, quote, normal. And it wasn't until I left New York City and I came to Delaware that I hit the hardest brick wall ever and was completely shut out of projects for a while until I clawed my way in and proved my value one project at a time. And if I can help anyone avoid that, um, I consider that, uh, you know, the most amazing thing I can do for someone. Because I, uh, Catherine and I both agree, she and I have the exact same experience and levels and techniques and skills. And if she and I were in the same town, we would not be competition. Because who would want Catherine would not want me and vice versa. And so I want also designers listening to to really get that through. You are not in competition with anyone but yourself. And if you are not a good fit for that project, that project wasn't a good fit for you. And I heard someone recently, and I can't remember who said this, but you need to flip the mindset when you're going into these meetings of I hope I get the job to they should hope to work with me. And even with all of these years of experience, that kind of struck me as, yeah, they should. I'm good. They should. They, they'll they'd be lucky. They'd be lucky to have Catherine on their project. Right. So, Catherine, I, I really, truly can't thank you enough for your time. I, I love hearing how other designers are are striking out and finding these avenues, not only to up-level their services, but to add a lucrative income stream to your your firm. So again, Catherine, this was amazing and, and so chock full of information. I know designers and some of them are driving as they're listening. So don't be taking notes at that moment. But um, there's a lot of takeaways from this. And, and I really do appreciate your time and, and your willingness to share your personal information and about in details about your business model I think we are all better because of it. And I want to encourage other designers to, to feel the same way moving forward. Thank you, Renee, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I know, right? The best part about this. So thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't. 
building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.